This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Consignment Heroes, heard Sunday afternoons at 1 on Zoomer Radio. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Consignment Heroes, heard Sunday afternoons at 1 on Zoomer Radio. How to sell your stuff. How to get rid of stuff. Paul Kenny and his son Bogart from Storage Wars Canada are about to unlock the secrets to stuff on Zoomer Radio. What sort of value do they put on your stuff? That depends on how well you sell it as we begin taking your calls on Consignment Heroes, the one-hour phone-in show all about stuff. And good afternoon. We are live this Christmas Eve edition of Consignment Heroes. Our phone lines are open. If you have a rare or interesting item, maybe a piece of gold or silver or an antique, you're curious about its value, maybe it's time to move on and cash out, sell it, or maybe even buy something interesting. If you're curious about an item that you own, you can call right now to get two expert opinions on what it might be worth. 416 360 0740. That's 416 360 0740. If you're out of town, it's 1 866 744 740. The stars of the show are Paul Kenny and his son Bogard Kenny, who found fame and fortune dealing in other people's stuff. You know them from Storage Wars Canada on television and also AND's Northern Treasures. Uh, they are here to take your phone calls, whether you have a piece of gold, silver, fine china, figurines, sports cards, memorabilia, antique TVs, record players, radio toys, jewelry, coins, whatever you have, you can call in and get a free assessment of the value of those items. Our number again, 416-360-0740. Paul Bogart, how are you? Fantastic. I'm great. I'm actually What kind of week was it? Well, I'm thinking about changing our name to Basement Heroes instead of Consignment Heroes. Because (laughs) in the basement, I was there again, and I found a $25,000 paint. No, this is actually a watercolor. And the person said, watercolors aren't worth any money. And I said, yes, they are. And this is about a $25,000 painting, uh, sorry, wow. a watercolor in the basement that they didn't know they had. It has to be a little bit, there'll have to be some work done to it because it got wet at one time. But it's still. That's why it's called a watercolor. No? I mean, no, it got wet after it was wet. Sorry. So that, okay, you're right. No. So in the basement, I, I we have their most fun in the basement where the people forget about stuff and it hasn't been touched for under for you know 10 years or 20 years or 30 years and that's where some of the best things are being found you know like we found those comics and also this week we gave away our wheel one of our wheelchairs free oh right yes you guys ended up with a couple wheelchairs you're saying they're free to anyone who wants them anyone and, and it went to a good one went to a good cause we have one walker left and one wheelchair left and all they do is call it, and I'll bring it up to the store. They can meet it up there, or I have it right now. It's in a locker right now at uh, near of the four hundred and four. Of uh, course, everything's in a locker. Everything's in a locker. You know, it's interesting. It's like one of those markets where we say that uh, a lot of people might dismiss something. Maybe it was known for years and years that watercolors, your example, a second ago. Well, they're worthless, and you're saying never. Markets are always changing. Some things that you think have no value, they have tremendous value. Yeah. Especially if it's something like a rule that people have in their heads. Watercolors aren't worth anything. Costume jewelry, jewelry is garbage. All of these things. The, the markets change all the time is the point of what you always say. Yes, yeah. No, no. It's, it's 
We try and this is what we do. We try and bring you up to the up to what's happening today. What stuff can be so we'll tell you what it's worth, but also more importantly, how you can move it on if you want to. The person with this water car just wants to get it fixed. They want to keep it now. Now that I've told them how valuable it is, it's going up to the living room in a place of prominence. Okay, so all I did was discover it for them. I didn't discover it for me. But it's what we do. It made me almost as happy. I'd rather sell it and make some money. But I'm also out there to help people. And if, if I find something, it could have been some of these junk guys who come along and say, we'll clean out your house. They would just take that and it was gone. You know what I mean? Yeah, so just this, cash it in for themselves, sure. you got to find out. We want to be there first. And we'll tell you, sometimes we'll say, all you've got is junk and we'll help you clean it out or you can go to get someone else to clean it out. Or we'll say, here's what you have in value and here's the best way to sell it. Whether it's consignment, it could be out-and-out sale, it could be auction. There are different things to do because everyone's got different circumstances. And we also mention every week, time is on your side as long as you use it. If you're planning on doing something in the new year, we want you to tell us now so that we have some time to plan on what you're doing. There's not much time in the new year now, like no, in this no. year. So. No, but one thing is I would imagine a lot of people say, okay, New Year's resolution, I'm going to get the house prepped for sale. It's time to move on. I have, yeah. you know, 50 items in the basement that I have to decide what to do with. Yeah. Um, if that's you, if you have a basement full of stuff, maybe you're you're dealing with a loss in the family, you have to empty out a house, and you're curious, you don't want to just have it all go out in a garbage bin. You can always call you guys uh, at your store. Your store is located at 10,341 Young Street in Richmond Hill. The store's number is 905-737-GOLD. You guys deal a lot with that, with, with entire estate sales. Or somebody yeah. goes, I'm downsizing from my 3,400-square-foot home down to a two-bedroom condo. I want you to find a home for my Royal Daltons and my record collection that I won't be moving with me into my new home. And yeah. all the other collectibles I had along the way, an original 1982 slip and slide we never used. Or <laughs> I have no idea what you might have in your basement. Uh, if that's you, you can give them a call at the store, 905-737-GOLD. That's 905-737-GOLD. If you have a rare or interesting item, maybe a family heirloom you've had for years or something you've been collecting for uh, most of your life, fine china, figurines, memorabilia, any antique, or coins, you can call us right now. We are live this Christmas Eve. Our number is 416-360-0740. That's 416-360-0740. If you're out of town, it's toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. Our first caller is going to be Georgette calling from Cambridge. Georgette, how are you? I'm fine. How are you? Pretty good. And what do you have? Okay, um, this is a poster it's a 1945 Canada celebrates the 50th anniversary of the end of World War II, and it's mm. tribute to Courage by Rich Thistle. Okay, now this would be a post done in 1995, right? Right. Yeah, no. If, now, if it was an original 1945 post of the World War II and World War I posters, especially the ones encouraging people to enroll, I mean, to enlist, sorry, not enroll, to enlist or raising money are very valuable because a lot of them were made on very small, you know, thin paper and meant to be thrown away. Your painting, your poster is more to be collected. And once, I keep on saying this on the air, uh, once something is commemorating or uh, uh, saying it's a limited edition or a collector's item, 
they're not worth as much as the original items out of that time period. Okay, if, if people out there have World War II uh, posters for uh, raising money, some go up to thousands of dollars, especially in Canada, because like I said, they were meant to put on walls, tear them down, and, that's, and uh, most people wouldn't keep them. You know what I mean? Because they were yeah. they're put out by the public. Your item was made like I don't know if it was made by Franklin Mint. It's like those you know those Bradford Exchange or Franklin Mint plates. Once you say that it's uh, a collector's item, and they charge you a lot of money for it, they'll charge you eighty, ninety, a hundred, two hundred dollars for it. Your chance of getting the money back is 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 not good. Okay. okay. And that's just it's still nice to have it on the wall. I mean, it's nice that. Uh, they, they, they came up with something like that, but it's definitely a collector's item. It's like stuff that was put out for, like, say, Elvis Presley. While he was alive, the stuff put out contemporary to him is worth more money than something put out after his death. Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah. Interesting. And, and we okay. try and tell people that, and, and don't get hooked into it. If you've got a chance to buy the real thing or buy the fake, buy the real thing. You mm-hmm. know, this is why I tell people to go to, um, to Southworks Antique Mall. Because those are the real things out there. Mm-hmm. And now they're coming out with stuff in these big box stores. Oh, this is just like the item that came out in 1940. The 18, 19, 1940 item is on sale for $19, and they're charging you $74 mm-hmm. for, a, for a lookalike. Mm-hmm. You know, like some, and like I say, I'm, I'm, I've yeah, been mentioning this more and the more. Reason, the reason I was questioning this, there's a, a, a gold signature on the uh, left-hand side of it, but I can't make it out, eh? Is it numbered? Is it numbered and issued, like a numbered print, like 9 out of 25? Or? No, I don't think so, no. Yeah, no. Interesting, they'll, okay. They'll put those seals on to fool people mm-hmm. and to, to uh, encourage, say, that this has got value. It's like the stuff they buy from the Royal Canadian Mint, you know? Yeah. Uh, you're okay. buying these. You're buying a quarter ounce of silver, and they say it's pure silver, but it's only a quarter of an ounce, which is eight dollars. And they say it's forty nine dollars, but there's no tax on it, but it's pure. But it's only it's pure, only a third of an ounce, or whatever it is. Yeah. Right. Buy, yeah. buy the real thing. Buy so the, part of it is one hundred percent pure. I know. It's just that we were cleaning out somebody's place. Yeah, and uh, I was just wondering if it was it was worth anything. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Now, if you've got metals, we do not melt metals. I'm always after metals. Uh, you what do you mean metals? You mean uh, like a uh, uh, service metal? Service metals. The military uniforms from the war are worth money. Daggers, um, the guns, um, the cap badges, the caps. This kind of stuff that people, even as moth-eaten, some of the uniforms will go for several thousands of dollars, and metals will go up, uh, can go up to ten, twenty. Sometimes a metal will be one hundred fifty thousand dollars, and yeah. people are, and they don't think this is Uncle George's, and this is why you should also talk to us, even if that's the case and you don't know what it's worth, and you're not going to sell it to me. Find out what it's worth so you can pass down the story to who you're going to pass it down in the family. Get your facts straight now while there are some people still alive and we can still research part of it. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And I I say Uh, this every week. Sorry, go ahead. I was going to give the phone numbers. If you are curious about an item that you own, maybe it's been sitting in the basement, maybe it's an old baseball card or hockey card collection that you've lost interest in, but you're wondering, does it have any money? Is it worth anything to anybody else? Well, you can call in right now and have two experts on stuff give you a free assessment of what you own. It's Paul Kenny and Bogart Kenny. You know them from Storage Wars Canada and Northern Treasures, and of course this show right here on Zoomer Radio, Consignment Heroes. Whether you have gold, silver, fine china, figurines, sports cards, memorabilia, antique 
TVs, radios, record players, these sorts of things. Uh, maybe it's something we're not mentioning that uh, that you think is yeah. neat and might be worth some money. You can give us a call. Our phone lines are open. We are live Christmas Eve. Both, all three of us work on Christmas Eve. 416-360-0740. That's 416-360-0740. If you are out of town, it is toll-free. You can call 1-866-740-4740. Paul, I had a question for you. Yep. You've got your store. It's located at 10,341 Young Street. You also have booths at places like Southworks. Has there been a trend this year? Are people... Is there something where uh, antique buyers go, you know what I want this year? 2017, I want a gold coin, a silver coin. I want an old watch. Is there anything where you said, wow, this is sort of an interesting market that's that's sort of expanded this season? Is there anything surprised you? Yeah. Or are people selling more than usual? Who knows? No, no. We're A lot of people are selling, and we were talking about last week, they're selling their gold and silver in some cases and getting into uh, the crypto coins like Bitcoin. The oh, other, yeah. And the other thing, we'll come back later in the show about that, but right now, vinyl has made a huge comeback. A huge comeback in that people are buying it, actively seeking out the old records and stuff like that. And what it comes down what to... What do you is do with those things anyway? Vinyl is record. I, I, I know, but like if you don't have a record player, why, why are they buying it? I bought myself a record player, and Bogart's going to help me set it up for Christmas. It's his present for me. Is He's going to help me set it up this year, okay? And we're going to play some good old rock and roll. You're not okay? even giving it to me. You're giving me a present to set it up for you? That's the best kind of present. It's family, that's it's family present. time, Bogart. Yeah. yeah, and Bogart, that's the lingo, by the way. People who buy old records, they call them vinyl, and they refer to their records as pieces of vinyl. So they'll say, yeah. like, I have 250 pieces of vinyl, and they just mean they have 250 old records. I have 5,000. Okay. Get on board, man. Oh, I didn't know. Okay, now I know. I, I have 5,000 vinyl. but also, Pieces of vinyl. Yeah. What pieces of vinyl, yeah. <laughs> pieces of vinyl. What people are trying to do is recapture their childhood at slightly inflated prices than when they bought it. And that's that's what we do. I tell people to go to Southwards. You can see your childhood there. There'll be some, like, the memories. Some some are bad memories, but most of the time, if you have something you remember and you see it on the shelf there, it'll bring back a good memory. And if it brings back a smile to your face, is that worth $10? You know, uh, to bring back a smile uh, to your now face? Now you're rating or, someone's smile. No, I'm are not. Are you trying to buy someone's smile, too? You'll just buy anything. I'll buy and sell anything. But this is my point of that people are trying to get, people are returning back to things that have value. You know what I mean? That have Well, it's interesting then to say that, that people are returning to things of value. But you also say you've noticed this season a lot of people cashing out of positions of physical gold and silver to go to things like Bitcoin. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's a crazy market. We talked about what the last 48 hours or 72 hours, we had a dip of 30% and then a recovery in Bitcoin. It's just a wild market right now. But there's no value. There's no, uh, what, what do you want? There's no physical. There's no. nothing you can do with it, but it's a craze right now. I believe that they're making, I believe that they should be buying gold and silver because I think it's physical. It's just storing your wealth. But what we want to do if we're doing the Bitcoin, we just want to make sure people get honest answers to, and we tell them the truth about what they're going to do. We're not going to advise them to do it or not do it, but if they've decided to do it. We want to be able to buy the Bitcoin or crypto coin as cheap as they can and as safe as they can and keep it and make sure that they actually own it. Because I've heard stories about people throwing out the computers and they only had four bitcoins on, four coins on, say from 1978 or whenever it was. You know what I mean? And now those mm -hmm. coins are worth $6,000 and they were throwing away their $10 computer because it was old and they forgot they had the bitcoins on them. Oh, you mean their digital wallets. Their yeah, digital yeah, yeah. wallets, yeah. 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 So. Uh, yeah, it happens. It happens. And of course, if you lose the password to your digital wallet, you'll, it's gone forever. 
<laughs> but uh, yeah, I was going to say, there's no Bitcoin from 1978. I think it was created like I know, I know. Just, eight years ago. But I understand the principle. You're right. Yeah, we've heard of some of those stories say, oh, I, I couldn't fit my password. And because there's no like, you know, there's no uh, there's no tech phone call that you can make and say, uh, OK, I'm Ben Mercer. I've lost my this or that. Can I have my backup password with cryptocurrency? That's it. It'll just float out there forever. So I'm going to suggest that people with bad memories don't buy crypto coins then. Well, let me ask you this, because you can actually, people can come to your store at 10,341 Young Street, and you can put them in touch with Bitcoin, no? We're just, no, we're setting it up. I want to get, make sure that I have an honest operator working with me and that we get the real facts. And it, it is a learning experience even for me. And because there's so many intricacies here, I just want to make sure people do not get ripped off. That's the best way to put it. I don't want – I'm putting my name on like to, to help them. I'm going to try and help them as best I can. The same way we do with when someone brings in a stack of costume jewelry and we find one gold piece. We don't tell them it's costume. We tell them it's gold. We say, here, you've got one piece that's better. Someone brings in 5,000 comic books and there's one that's worth $2,000. We're not going to say we're buying them all for 50 cents each and also the one for that's worth 2000 That's not our style. We're there to help people. The more money that our people – who bring stuff in, the more money they make, the more money we make. We just make a percentage. And that's okay. what we're trying. We're there to help people. And the same thing is going we're going to use the same kind of ethics when we're dealing with people who want to deal in some of the crypto coins. Okay, get back to work. Get okay, back sorry. to work. We've okay. got calls to get to. Mike okay. from Richmond Hills, our next caller. Mike, how are you? Hey, Hello. Mike, you're live on Zoomer Radio. How are you? Hi, um, my name is Mike. I'm just calling about... Uh, uh, collection of miniature clocks that I have, and I know they're probably not worth anything much. I just thought I'd ask. It's a complete set made by the Excelsior Collectors Guild, and I think they were made about 20 years ago, and I have the complete set in the original boxes, plus the, the, the other presentation box, you know. Uh, when you, you know, bought them, uh, how much did you buy them for? Okay, the total cost, I believe, was around $1,600 overall. Wow. Ooh. See, these are the type of things like those Bradford Exchange. If you enjoyed them and stuff, but your idea of getting the money back for them is going to be very, very hard. You might, if, you might get $500, $300, you know, and okay. that auction. And uh, this is where, if you have something like this, and this is where our, our expertise comes in, into play, is that yeah. you would not put these into auction. Because right. if there's not two people in the room bidding for them, you're going right. they're going to sell for $4. You right. have to put these on consignment, okay? Right. And that way you're guaranteed the price that's acceptable to you and acceptable yeah. to the other people and we have to put yeah. a reasonable price on it. But that is a yeah. clear example of something that you do with consignment because if there's yeah. not two people in the room, you know what I mean? Paul, are you familiar with the the exact pieces that he's no, talking about? No, no. I'm, I'm Oh, okay. You're speaking in broad strokes. Gotcha. Yeah, because in anything out of the 1990s, there was so much Bradford Exchange, Franklin yeah. Mint, the die-cast cars, and people paid yeah. $90, $100. Like, I'm selling in my booth right now cars that cost $129. I'm selling for $40 and hoping people right. buy them. You know what I mean? And it's Right. And, and they buy it because I remember a 1958 Corvette. Yeah. You know what I mean? That kind of thinking. That These clocks and stuff like that, y you enjoyed them? But if you now yes. decide to sell like them, them. I, I, but I just wondered, you know, what type of value they have. But thanks for letting me know because I suspected it didn't, it would not work very much. But the difference with my collection, which I've noticed from what I see on the websites, my set is complete. It's complete. All mm. yeah. 
sometimes that can happen with, with certain things. There'll be one special issue that'll come out on something. But it's like we tell people, during the Olympics, 1970, everyone remembers the 1976 Olympics. Well, they came out with I these... I don't, co- but yes. <laughs> okay. They came out with... They came out with coin sets for two tens and two fives and there was 28 in the set and people sent away now if you didn't get them and they uh, and they had a gold coin because they're olympic sets if they were just made out of copper they'd be worth 20 dollars, and you would have spent 800 dollars to get 20 but because they're made out of silver all of those sets there's 30.24 ounces of silver in those sets now we buy them the, the government was very good in marketing. I'm willing to bet that a lot of our listeners have them out there. They have it with their coin sets. They have the Olympic sets. They don't even think about them because they think they're Olympics. They're marked 76, and there's um, 28 in the set, and like I say, 30 ounces of silver, so you're talking approximately $600. And people don't know that. You know, they think that no one's going to take this. It's just funny money, but they're actually marked 10 and $5. But if you, this gentleman, if these clocks that he made were made out of gold or he made them out of silver, they'd at least be worth the silver and gold money, okay? It's like Fair enough. Yeah, okay? Uh, You're listening to Consignment Heroes on Zuma Radio. We are live this Christmas Eve. If you have a rare or interesting item or collection, you're curious about its value, you can give us a call right now, 416-360-0740. That's 416-360-0740. Our next caller is Rosie from Mississauga. She also has an antique clock to talk about. Rosie, how are you? I'm fine. Thank you. How are you? Good, and what do you have? Um, I have a, a set. It's a clock. The centerpiece is a clock with a statue on top. Uh, I think the statue says messenger. and there's Mercury. A, pardon? It, okay, it's messenger, but it'd be mer- a figure of Mercury. Yes. Okay. And uh, th- there's two side pieces. Garnitures. Uh, one is agriculture, and the other one says... Um, M- mutuality. Okay. And there's a name on there, Og Moreau. It's a French Ooh. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Now, what's the size of this now? They- well, the centerpiece is probably about 18 inches tall. The clock um, still uh, it works beautifully. And the two side um, statues are about 12 inches. Okay, there'll be a difference here. Now, here's a couple of questions. That's why I almost have to see this one, because um, they can be made out of white metal or they can be made out of bronze. Well, um, the statues, I think, are made of, uh, is, is there something called spelt or spelt? Or oh, that's a white metal. Okay, okay that's what I meant by white metal. Yeah. Another name for white metal. Mm-hmm. Okay, these are put out about, uh, they're usually French clocks, put out around uh, 1840 to about 1910. Right. In fact, I had one from the state of John A. McDonald. With, it's almost exactly what you're saying here. It had mm-hmm. the can, but I had candelabras on the side, a figure of mercury. They're on a marble base, right? They're marble bases. Yes. Or plinths, yeah. Um, Black marble with gold feet and gold clock rim. If it's in good shape, this is probably between three to five thousand dollars. Oh, if, really? Yeah, and maybe more, depending if it's moral. But I think this will be after him rather than his. They they're using his name. Um, I'd have to see it, mm-hmm. but if it's when they have these from certain um, uh, certain ones, he's got it'll be up to twenty five thousand dollars. Really? But I had one from Johnny McDonald. It was worth about fifteen thousand, mainly because of the provenance of who owned it. Mm-hmm. Okay, but these still sell between three to five thousand. They're in good shape. The clock's wow. good, mm-hmm. and it, they look good in any house. I mean, they dominate the room. 
Yeah, they do. They look beautiful on the fireplace. Yes, yeah. Rosie, how did you get how did you get yours? Where did it come from? Well, we were vacationing in England and we happened to walk into an antique store and saw this set and just loved it right away, so we bought it there. Excellent. Okay. What'd you pay for it? <laughs> hmm? Sorry? What'd you pay what, for it? How much did oh, you pay for what it? What did we pay for it? I think it was around um three hundred dollars. Okay, oh, then you've done very well. I think so, yeah. How long ago? Yeah. Oh, that was um, a good 20 years ago. Oh, that's why. Okay, okay. Yeah. yeah. No, these are nice, and they can range depending on... Don't fix the clock until you find out the maker and everything like that, mm-hmm. and then get an exact value on it. But it'll be more the look of the clock and Mercury. As long as like the little wingtips come off sometimes, and there's little wingtips on the, on the feet, sometimes they'll clip off, and that'll ruin it a bit. Oh. Okay? Just have to make sure. Because even though it's metal, it's brittle metal. Mm. And deteriorates over time. Mm-hmm. The same thing, like I said, if it was a bronze, be mm. twenty thousand, twenty-five. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Very nice much. clock. Worth pro- probably a few thousand dollars. Good work on it. Yeah. Good investment. Thank you. Thank you. You're, you're listening. Merry Christmas. You're listening to Consignment Heroes on Zoomer Radio. We are live this Christmas Eve, fielding your phone calls on your antiques and valuables. If you have a rare figurine or fine china, you're curious if it has any value in the resale market, you can give us a call right now. Our number is 416-360-0740. That's 416-360-0740. When we return, Joy and Kincardine will be our next caller. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Consignment Heroes on Zuma Radio. We're live this Christmas Eve fielding your phone calls. Our number, 416-360-0740. I'm sure you guys are closed for the uh, Christmas holidays, but business as usual up at the store. It's located in Richmond Hill on Young Street at 10,341 10, Young Street, yep. just north of Major McKenzie in Richmond Hill. Uh, you can visit them and have them get eyes on all of your items. Of course, if you don't want to drive to the store, you can always send them an email. Uh, send it to sales at torontogoldsilver.com. So you can just snap a picture of whatever the item is and email it to this email address, sales at torontogoldsilver.com, and they can send you back uh, what they think a real time uh, market value is, as in what it would sell for today if it were on the market. Our next caller is Joy from Kincardine. How are you? Hi. Hi, Joy. You're live on Zuma Radio. What do you have? Um, I ha- I'm a bit nervous, so you'll have to... Ap- uh, I'm just going to apologize. Hey, I'm so are we. Nervous. Don't worry about it. Okay. okay, and I'm a bit hard of hearing. Okay. So I have a 1902 uh, Canadian nickel. You know the little ones? Yep. And it's in pretty good condition. I've had it for years. I don't know how much I paid for it. Okay, 1902. Here's what, when we go to the old coins, now I know this is going to be even more hard for you. If you're hard of hearing, you're going to be hard of seeing this. Because on the crown, if you can see, it comes down to how what kind of condition it's in. In some of these nickels, because they're made out of silver, before the five-cent piece was actually made up in silver until 1920, what you're looking for is to see the crown. And then you want to see the little diamonds on the band of the bottom of the crown. 
on Edward VII's crown? Yeah. Now, that's what I'm saying, that the better the condition, if you have one of these coins in about MS condition, it can be worth three, four $400. If it's only in VG, like say it's you can barely see his eyes, can't see Slow the Slow down. What is MS condition and so, what is BG? Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Sorry. You're, lo- you're losing me. I'm sure Joy. Joy, okay. you're familiar with these terms? I'm not familiar with sorry, them. Sorry. Yeah. See, this is what Ben keeps me in check here. Okay. <laughs> MS. I want to understand. MS stands for mint state. That means your coin is virtually perfect. Okay. Yeah, but there's that, different numerical values for MS. And MS, so. but I'm just saying it's virtually perfect. It's called what's called mint state. And even in mint state, you can have a, per, a coin. It'll be mint state 60, 62, 65, without getting in too much. But if it's a 65, that's almost as high as it goes. It's a perfect, beautiful, lustrous coin that no one's ever even put their fingers on. So they, what I have to look for is something on the crown. No, not what I'm looking for is overall condition. If you can see his. If you can see the crown, then we start saying, okay, now this might be VG, which means very good. The next condition up is fine. So I I know you're in King Card, and you might send me off a picture of this, and I can tell you the grade over the phone, I mean, over the the Internet, if I have a picture. And you take a picture of both sides, but mainly the grading is done by the side that has the king's face on it. Oh, okay. Okay? Uh, Well, um... What is the low side value, Paul? Give me the, give me the range. Oh, What's it's, the low it's, side, it's, high it's side? 1902, I think it's $15 to 2500 So I'm sorry. That's... Okay, so somewhere in that range, the, <laughs> the, the actual, uh, between $15 and $2,500, condition mm. plays a big factor. Yeah. So getting the right eyes on, on it to determine its actual value, and you're saying looking at the diamonds in the crown, if you can see that sort of detail, that would obviously up its value. But even middle range would mean the difference between tens of dollars yeah. and obviously hundreds of dollars. Yes. It mainly, like I discovered a set yesterday of Irish coins from 1925. They were still in the box that they were issued from 1925. Everything is what we call mint state. It hasn't been touched by anybody. I'm probably going to send those away to get graded by a third-party grader so that I can get more money for them because I'm greedy. And that's what MS means. Yeah, that's we all what know MS. That. Yeah. Everyone knows that now, Paul. We've all moved on. I'm okay. Kidding. Our next caller. Hey, today, it seems like it's uh, it's antique clock day here on Consignment Heroes. Uh-oh. We've got Ben from Hamilton, and he's got a mantle clock he wants to talk about. Ben, how are you? I'm fine, thanks. I have Tell a, us a little bit about uh, what you got. Mantle clock, uh, about 12 inches uh, uh, wide and about 8 inches high, and it has a... a in the middle uh, uh the face of the clock with a glass uh uh, uh opening gl- door and on the side it has three pillars on each side uh white pillars uh do you have any idea how much G- they're worth generally do not fix it if it doesn't work it, if it looks nice on your mantle uh, they sell between seventy-five and two hundred dollars, unless it's a huge good make. But most that was your standard clock around the turn of the century, and a lot of people had them. Yeah. Uh, do not if if someone comes wants to charge you fifty dollars to fix it, don't do it, because uh, you will not you'll have a hard time recouping your money unless you want to use it. Okay, yeah. and this, it, it has a pendulum at the back, and you you uh, it has a key to turn the to yeah. Uh, well, it might be a bit older every day. Okay. Um, the other thing is, on. do you know who made it? It'll all come down now to who made it. So yeah. you're going to have to call me back next week after you know who made it. 
I okay. see. Uh, yeah, that'll determine it'll be a, everything. That'll determine the maker of this. If it's made by, like I say, when we go with you know your gold watches, we talk about if it's an Elgin or a Waltham and it's gold, we're melting it. It's just yeah. how it is. If it happens to be a better name, we will sell it as a watch. But most of the time, um, with clocks and watches, it depends on the name, and a lot of them are not worth fixing. Because you got to remember, think about 1910. Every house had a clock in it. Yes. And you paid good money for it. So it was one of the things that you handed down. You said, take care of my clock. You know what I mean? Like, it was handed down to your relatives because I paid a week's pay to get this clock in 1900. And I know it has value, but today it doesn't have the same value. Okay? Thanks for your phone call. Uh, Speaking of... Uh, so, Ben, we need the maker's marks for your clock. That'll determine its yeah. fate. Our next caller is from Toronto. I believe the name is Gila. Gila, is that you? Am I saying your name correctly? Hello. Hi. Sorry, what's your name? Sheila. Sheila. Oh, Sheila. Somebody wrote Gila. All right. Thank you very much. Hi, Sheila. So you have a very old clock. Tell Paul a little bit about this thing. Pardon? What kind of clock do you have, It's Sheila? a Pekinok clock. Okay. It's from... Roughly, well, it's likely pre-Confederation wood, um, measures 14 inches high by 10 and 3 quarter inches wide. Um, it has a door, of course, that opens to allow winding, and uh, it has a glass window in the door, and across the base, are wooden cutouts. I believe there are six or eight, roughly one inch square. I believe later Pekinok clocks eliminated that um, carving out of the little squares. That may help date it. I'd have to see it. It was inherited uh, from my great-great-grandfather, who was a Hudson Bay um, agency... uh, for that company, receiving the pelts as they were brought by canoe. Okay. Mm. Um, I'm going to go off to something for a half a second. Um, we'll get back to your clock. If yeah. he was from the Hudson's Bay, does he have any of the old tokens and any of the old, um, anything that says Hudson's Bay that's no. pre-1900? Oh, no, nothing. I, I do have a coin with the heads of um, Mary and... I believe, uh, I don't have it in front of me, I, I didn't think about it when I dialed, uh, Mary and um, King uh, George V, but unfortunately, generations past, someone bore a small hole in it, so a chain could be put through it. Don't worry, you didn't lose a lot, these are only worth a couple of dollars. Now, the oh. reason I asked about the Hudson's Bay, because this is something that these old um, uh, pelt traders and stuff, they used to give out little tokens to the, to the, to the fur, fur traders and stuff, and uh-huh. these are worth a lot of money. And anything to do with Hudson's Bay, like some of the old um, Eskimo draw, uh, carvings, any of that stuff, they used to get great stuff no, that we're trying to get. Like okay, that. sorry, I just, I'm just asking because this is one I say, this is me going to your basement. Okay, I'm just uh, trying to get some of the other stuff. The, yeah. the Pegno clocks are worth, 
they used to be going about seven, eight hundred dollars. Now in today's market, depends depends on exactly how kind of shape it's in, and and, and I have to see a picture because you're describing it. It's hard for me to picture it. Uh-huh. Um, it probably three to four hundred dollars, but some go a little bit higher. And is it a wall clock or is it a mantel no, clock? No, it's a mantel clock. It's in excellent condition and it is running and it has a wonderful resonant bong oh, yeah. uh, on the hour and the half hour. Okay. But I'd like to, like, send me off a picture, mm-hmm. and I can tell you in 10 minutes. Well, I have your address, so I might find time to, to drive up with it and let you see it. Oh, cool. we, we love them. I'm going to say that, thank you very much for your call. You know, someone called me this week, one of the listeners from a couple of weeks ago. Ben, i got a funny thing to tell you. Do you know that in 1940s, if you were a bank teller and you were married as a woman, you could not work in the bank? What? Yes, and I like our listeners, if anyone else knows about it, because someone told wait, wait, me this. Wait, just I, to be clear, I'm a woman, I'm married, so I can't be a bank teller. What, what, I have no, risk of a robbery? What, what, what is it? What's the matter? I don't know, but this is some... People come into my store and they give me the stories. I love the stories about it, but, but she was saying this. I like to verify. She said she was working in a bank, and then she got married, and she had to quit the bank because she was married. Okay. That's when they were carrying the guns. Bank's the policy or the husband's policy or she's no. off pregnant. We, th- no. The story is bank policy determined that. Bank policy determined that. I've never heard of that in my life. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. Well, we all learned. I'd like to find out if there's any, if any of our listeners know about it as well, because I said this was an interesting story because we actually talked about the bank tellers because I asked her if she she has some of the old money that she got from before she quit the bank and it's all in perfect shape, and I told right. her to bring it in. But I wanted to touch on something that you talked about earlier. So if anyone has any information on early bank policy with female tellers, I'd love to hear about it. But you're looking for, um, am I getting this right? You're curious about Hudson Bay coins that traders would be issued. So this is sort of like you're looking for what they call company store money. So imagine it was 150 years ago, and Paul, you and I worked for some guy on the railroad. Well, we're working in the middle of nowhere. So say they pay us $5 a week. We get the money in company coinage because we have to buy our supplies, our booze or whatever it is, from the company store because there's nothing else out there. Yeah. So they had their own currencies. This is what you're talking about. Yeah. You're saying company store money is very valuable because that's history that's often lost. Oh, yeah. And like, we don't realize before we had the Bank of Canada, the different banks like the Sterling Bank would in, in Stevensville, Ontario, would issue uh, currency. Company and, store money. Yeah. yeah, Oh, yeah. yeah. And it's like... It was all ad hoc, but us getting $5 in 1837, we'd be the richest people on the block. We were probably getting paid 20 cents a week. Bad anecdote. Anyway, our next caller is Steve from Oakville. (laughs) He's got some coins from the 1800s he's curious about. Steve, how are you? Hi, I'm fine. How are you? Pretty good. What do you have? Okay, I have uh, coins from Newfoundland. Oh, good. Okay. 25 cents in 1909. Okay. And 20 cents piece. Okay. Hold on, I have to put my glasses on. Well, I, while you're doing that, I'm going to tell you the story about Newfoundland. Now, Newfoundland became a part of Canada in 1949, yeah. and all their money was just told, people were told to bring it back into the banks. So a lot of people didn't, but because it wasn't used after 1949, most of it's in really good shape. The other good thing about Newfoundland money is that it is made of sterling. Right, right up to night, right up until uh, they became part of Canada, they used sterling money, except for on their pennies and nickels. Now cool. this makes it more valuable that way as well. Now they also had bills; they had twenty-five cent bills that were only used once. You turned them into the bank, and they they burnt them. 
Those bills are worth eight, nine thousand dollars for a twenty-five cent note from Newfoundland. These are I earlier have a twenty cent piece, eighteen ninety-six. That's worth about fifteen dollars in, yeah, in average shape. Five yeah. cent piece, nineteen forty-two. Yep. That'll be silver. Yep, that'll be. It's worth about a dollar fifty. Now I have a five cents, nineteen forty-one. Yes, this is just before they became part of Canada, and a lot of that stuff, a lot of people wouldn't bring it to the bank, it was only five cents, and they kept it at home as a reminder, or they just didn't want to go all the way to the bank. And banks. I have a pennies. Yeah, the pennies, yeah. So I have a big penny and a small penny. Yeah, what you've got there is about $25, $30, depending on the condition, but I'm going to say general wear on it, usually in excellent condition, about $25, $30. Then I have a 50-cent piece, yep. 1909. Yeah. That's not early. If you have to go back to Queen Victoria in Newfoundland, and that's some of that stuff is worth money. In 1909, that fifth cent piece worth about $10, yeah. $8. Anyway, I just wanted to know because oh, yeah. the thing is I'm not selling it. But just... Oh, yeah, no, but I'd like to go to the history. A lot of people forget that Newfoundland was not part of Canada. I know. Yeah, no. yeah, it's wild to hear that they had sterling currency. And so when you talk about sterling, you're talking about silver being content 92.5% pure silver, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of people even forget now, or young people would never know that when they talk about like British money, the pound, the pound sterling, they're talking about originally silver, right? So they're yes. talking about the, the, the caliber of the pound being 92.5% pure silver. So I didn't know that, that Newfoundland had uh, sterling coins. That's amazing. Oh, they were always a little bit off there, and they're, they're having a good time. They, did, didn't, they always did stuff a little bit different than the rest of Canada. <laughs> okay. Pretty cool. I was going to say, uh, we have to take another break. You're listening to Consignment Heroes. We're live on Zoomer Radio this Christmas Eve, and if you want to sneak in a call and get something uh, assessed, something you own, maybe it's an antique or an heirloom, a collection of something, we have time for you still. Our number is 416-360-0740. When we come back, we'll hear from Avril and Betty. Welcome back to Consignment Heroes, the show all about stuff and the two stars, Paul Kenny and his son Bogart Kenny. You know them from Storage Wars Canada and A&E's Northern Treasures. And of course, this show, Consignment Heroes. Back to the phone lines. Avril in Richmond Hill is our next caller. Good afternoon, Avril. Merry Christmas. Well, Merry Christmas to you. Very happy New Year. And what do you have to talk about? Uh, I've had this for quite a long time. I don't It's a decoy. And it's a decoy of a Canada goose, very large one. It's really, oh. uh, it's really beautiful. It really looks like a work of art, though. There is a little bit of damage to it. And the name underneath is A, as an apple, Hibbert, H-I-B-B-A-R-D. I just wondered if it's uh, Hibbert. Yeah, Sorry. no. People collect duck decoys, and they collect uh, goose decoys. Now, was it one? This is not one that it's been sitting on your mantle place, or is this actually used as a decoy? Yeah, full it of buckshot and everything. A decoy because the beak. When I brought, I brought it about twenty years ago, uh, at a at a church bazaar in King City, actually. Okay. And I just loved it, and but the beak was damaged. Like the head comes off, it it sits on. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the body, and the beak on it was a bit damaged, so I figured a dog got it or something. Okay. Uh, but it, it's just really, really beautiful. Uh, it, like I say, it's really a work. I, I, I don't like the idea of decoys, personally, but it's just a lovely piece, and I just wondered if uh, if A. Hibbard was a well-known uh, carver or decoy carver. I don't know him. That's what I'm trying to think. But I have a I have a duck decoy book at home. 
sorry, I'm having I, I have stories. a duck decoy book at home. I don't have it with me because then they expect that question. Right. On the goose cup. I can me fi- you have a book on Generally, what would these sell for in regular condition? Uh, probably, if it's a nice one, probably $100, $100, $150, and some can go up to $500 on duck uh, goose decoys. Okay? Now, it all depends. If it's made for one, like I said, made for one of these big box stores or made in the last, oh, no. if it's made in the last 20 years, generally not. They're looking for um, vintage decoys pre-World War I, World War II. Oh, no, it would be pretty, but I would say it's probably at least 30 years old. It could be a lot older. Yeah. But, uh, but no, you're in Richmond it, Hill. It's Drop in. Box, it's not from a box store. You can tell that. Okay. But you're in Richmond Hill, right? Yes. Drop in and see me. I'm, I won't bite. And we're there all the time. <laughs> and uh, like I say, I, I always like to get interaction, and there might be other things you have. And or you can find out what we also sell. Like I say, a lot of people are amazed. They drop into my store and they see the cups and sauces and they say, "What are these worth?" And I tell them fifty, a hundred, two hundred dollars. I says, "I have those at home." I didn't think that's what you were talking about. You know, like we we sold a piece of costume costume jewelry this week for six hundred and twenty dollars, I believe. Okay, what was it used in a? Is costume jewelry in a movie or something? How's no, no, out? just a good name. If you, a lot of it comes down. I keep on saying, if it's a name and a designer, and this is what we do. We have we have one person who works in our store who worked in a jewelry store for uh, fifteen years. He's actually good at what he does. I think I'm good as well, but he's better. Okay, and this is why we go through the stuff and people they. It's it's the discovery of the stuff. It's almost like our eyes light up as well when we find something good. And it's also the, the client's eyes light up when they find it. Like we do, we buy the purses. Like a lot of people don't, uh, they read about, but they don't say my purse is not worth $3,000. But some Hermes purses are worth $3,000. Designer mm. purses, we are buying them right now. And as long as they're real, we sell them. And the more money it goes, this is an easy thing for me to say. The more money you make, the more money I make. And we're not looking to, we don't want to buy it off you for $50. And this is why I want to say, when people go into other shops, even you're getting a quote from somebody, make sure that they're transparent. When you've got 10 things on the tray, that they give you a price on every single thing. They don't just say, well, this whole tray I'm going to give you $1,200 for. We don't know what the good piece and the bad piece is or whatever it is. They're not being honest with you. If we're, someone brings in a purse to us, or a bunch of purses, we're going to say, this is the good purse, this is the bad purse. Or we don't know, we're going to find out about it. This is why I want people to get a second opinion, okay? And even if they come into us, and they can bring it somewhere else. If someone else pays more, great, but at least now they know what the good pieces are, okay? And we, we emphasize this. Bogart helps sometimes, but like the second... Way to sell me. Yes. Yeah, sell on that. <laughs> no, you you lift if it's furniture, you lift it. But I'm trying to tell that to people that they got to bring it in. I got to see it first. You know, they have lottery tickets in their basement, but I got it. You got to check the lottery ticket. And you know okay, what I mean? Well, Betty's got a question. She might okay. have a lottery ticket. She's got two mugs from Germany. Betty, how are you? Hi. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. I have uh, two mugs. Um, that are exquisitely painted in the front, like a lad and lassie, you know, later hosen and dirndl flowers. And two in, on each one has some kind of poem in Hochdeutsch, you know, high German. Mm-hmm. And the bottom of it is the eagle with MZ, crown and top, and it says Altrolad. That's not German, it'll be Austrian. Okay. Yes, it's Austrian. But but the 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 language is German. The poem is German. I can't read it because it's Hochdeutsch. 
Okay. The Fairfest or something like that is one of them. Is it got its time? And I, these are two mugs that my great aunt gave me uh, my first trip to Europe back in 1979. Okay, now hopefully they weren't bought then. Hopefully they were antique at that time. Bogart and I were just over at Vienna, over in Austria. Over, yeah, Vienna. Yeah, we were all over. Yeah, and they only speak German there, and we didn't. We spoke very little German. Um, we didn't get along well. Uh, actually, we had a lot of fun. I shouldn't say that. But on these, are these Steins? You told me I would have given you my name of my uh, my cousin in in Vienna. <laughs> we were there. Vienna was nice. We were just outside in Graz. And that's where we did most of it. We went, but we were in Vienna. We went to the big museums there and stuff. We had a lot of fun, but very expensive, very expensive. But these mugs are probably thirty-five to fifty dollars, and unless they're older mugs, and I are they are they Steins with um? No, they're not Stein. They're they're smaller mugs. Okay, but the 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 detail on it is gorgeous. The color, the painting on it. Send me pictures. Pardon me. Send me pictures. Yeah. Uh, So are they worth something? I don't know. After I'll tell you right after well, I see a picture. Thirty dollars to thirty-five dollars. No, a piece, I got so, yeah. the for the pair. No, I got the feeling. Let me send pictures rather than me spouting off here without seeing okay. them. Okay, uh, I'm just curious because um, they're they're absolutely stunning in terms of. The well, I'm going to believe you on this, but send me a picture because we got we're going to run out of show. Before we, we're going to run out of show before we run out of stuff to do on our show. Okay. One more quick call. He's been on okay. hold here. Tony from Toronto. He's got some pennies from the early 1900s. Tony, quickly, sorry to pressure you. What do you have? Yeah, good morning. Um, I have a dozen pennies, Canadian pennies, and they mark 1900. They're large cents. They were made yeah, up until 1920. Big. And that is the last year of Victoria. No, second last year of Victoria. They're worth about three to four dollars each in nice shape. If they're mm. nice and still red, I mean red with you can see the diamonds on the crown, like we were talking about earlier. I mean, on, on our, you can see her hair. Uh, they're going to be worth uh, about twenty dollars each. But they Very have to good. be nice. Most of the time they're brown. But call me back next week, okay? And or bring it into my shop. Okay, thank you very much. The shop, by the way, is at 10,341 Young Street in Richmond Hill. That's Toronto Gold Silver. Paul Kenny and Bogar Kenny are hanging out there to help you assess and consign your items or have a look at an entire state if you need them to. The location, again, 10,341 Young Street in Richmond Hill. That's on Young, just north of Major McKenzie. You can also call their store, 905-737-GOLD. That's the number to remember, 905-737-GOLD. And, uh, well, if you guys are sh- sick yep. of shopping yet, I mean, shop Shopping season it's just about to begin. Boxing Day sales oh, yeah. will be happening next week. They got. I'm telling you, get a second opinion. I, it made me mad the other day. I saw a guy walking out of my my neighbor's store with a thousand ounces of silver that he paid four hundred and eighty dollars more than if he bought it in my store. And I see that, and I want I wanted people to get second opinions. If you're going to if you're buying something for five dollars, who cares if you're saving a dollar? If you buy a thousand of something and you save a dollar. That's one. How much is that? One thousand times carry a dollar. the one. That's a thousand dollars. I can't wait for you, Bogart, on this. I just want people when you're selling stuff, get a second opinion. When you're buying stuff, get a second opinion. And it's Merry Christmas. People are important. Stuff is not. Even though I'm in the stuff business, what do you guys say, Bogart? Well, I say, <laughs> yeah. Don't worry. It's you know it's about family over the holidays. Just okay. gotta remember that. It's all, right, all about stuff. family. Uh, Special thanks to show producer Sebastian Hearn, and everyone have a wonderful day.
This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.